youth room. That's for youth and parents, the table. All right, kids, we are dismissed. There's Pastor Peter, the chairman of the Grandparent Committee, Pastor Peter Davidson. Morning, everyone. Keith and I are having a little conversation right now. He's worried about what I'm doing up here. If you were worried, you shouldn't have said, I want you to preach today. Right? How many of y'all worried what we're going to do up here? You're in trouble. The oldest man in the church has raised his hand. Well, good morning, everyone. It's exciting to be here, especially this morning, because there's a reason I'm here this morning, not preaching expositorily out of the Word. I don't know how well I do that, but today is a special day. <clears throat> now, you're going to have to put up with, <clears throat> I keep telling people, old cars backfire. <laughs> we make noises. We just make noises. You know, the muffler doesn't work or there's, you know, we have clogs in the system. We just make noises. So you're going to have to put up with the New Orleans noises. How many of you remember that today is probably, socially speaking, the most significant day of the year? <laughs> Grandparents' Day. <laughs> Woo! Steve Roberts, you just... Steve, it just said, huh? All the kids you have and you don't know this? Steve just woke up. Now, all the grandparents stand up. Come on, all y'all stand up. Look at this. Look at this. Come on, Steve, stand up. There it is. All the grandparents, there it is. All right, thank you. Thank you. morning what we believe the Lord wants to do is to take opportunity that the society gives us in designating particular days and weeks and whatever as Father's Day, Mother's Day, Grandparents' Day, to take some opportunity during those particular times to emphasize the particular day it is. And so this morning, this word is not going to be a, an in-depth Bible study concerning grandparenting. But what I felt the Holy Spirit leading to do is to speak more specifically and most specifically to grandparents, to the old people. Concerning your role, our role, 
And as I do that, the tendency typically is, well, he's just speaking to the grandparents. I can sit and do something else. I can doodle. I can text. I can, do, I can go to sleep. I don't go to sleep. <laughs> Them's in youth, no. Right, Luke? We don't sleep when I speak. But that's not what this is all about. Because you see, the Holy Spirit, God brings the body of Christ together and all of us together, no matter what stage of life we are experiencing, all of us are to benefit from the various stages and be interacting in a way that this is the community of God for the purpose of his self-revelation. So this morning, don't be shutting down because I'm talking just to a particular group. I'm talking Hopefully, the Holy Spirit, you're going to hear the voice of God in this. That's my major prayer, that you will actually hear something from God rather than just from me. But you will hear something from God for you, whether you are the youngest person in this congregation or whether you are the oldest person in the congregation. We want to hear from God this morning. You know, for those of us who are grandparents, I think all of us would say this, that life has taken on a new dimension filled with new challenges, new opportunities, and certainly new responsibilities. It's a brand new way of life. I mean, those of you who saw Glenn Ebiah before the birth of Titus knew he was an ordinary, very nondescript, boring man. <laughs> now look at him. He comes to church wearing red, and he's drooling all over himself because of the birth of a little boy. Has it changed you? Seriously, has this changed you and old grandma next to you? She's old. She's a grandma. Has it changed you, Donna? Seriously, has this changed you? Those of you who are not grandparents don't get it, and you will not get it until you become grandparents. That's what I keep telling Sonny up here. Keith Collins, you, you're not getting it. You're just not getting it, and you won't get it. I call him Sonny sometimes. He's old enough to be my son, so I'm calling Sonny. He doesn't get it. One day he's going to get this, and he's going to lament all the disparaging comments that he's made. Amen, grandparents? <clears throat> I mean, this morning in Sunday school, he said something about senile old grandparents. We're not senile, brother. <laughs> Armon is, but with the rest of us are not. He's the one that raised his hand over there. You see, like every other season of life, childhood, teenage years, young adult, this particular season is distinct and it is significant. I didn't say it's more distinct or significant than any other season of life because that would not be truth. Every season of life is particularly distinct and significant. So matter, no matter what season you're in, it's God's season for you to glean from him the rich repository of what he has for us and I just must move along. You see, but grandparenting 
is significant in a way that no other season is significant because grandparenting in the seasons of having little children and teenagers and having, you know, they're growing up adult children, they get married. Grandchildren is the last chain in the link of life. This is the last chain. And so in that, it's extremely significant. For Jean and me, <clears throat> Jean's my wife, Ashley, where are you? Raise your hand. I don't see you. There you are. That's my daughter. Stand up. That's the mother of my grandchildren. People accuse me of not introducing Ashley. I always do. She's the mother of my grandchildren. What greater appellation could I give to her than the mother of my grandchildren? You see, for Gene and me, Ashley is still our daughter and will always be our little girl. She always will be. She's over 40 years old now and she still is my little girl. She's still my little girl. She's going to be my little girl. And she's going to be the little girl whom I love so much. So much, sweetheart. She's the little girl I used to chase down the hall. She's the little girl I used to bounce on the bed. Higher, higher, Daddy. She's the little girl we watch grow up going to school, growing into a lovely woman of God. She's my little girl. And you see, I was always the main man in her life. <clears throat> Until. <laughs> this is how the revelation came to me that I was no longer the main man. Ashley used to have very long hair. I'm just a guy who is prejudiced. I like girls and ladies to have long hair. Just the way I am. You'll see my wife doesn't have that long a hair, but you know, that's at least, but you know, so what? I like it though. So one day, she, Ashley and Jean conspire against me. And she got a haircut. She comes home. What happened to your hair? Well, you know, I just, you know. okay. <clears throat> a couple of years or so, I don't remember the timing on this. Men are not historical, women are. <laughs> Brian, we don't remember dates. The women do. She came home one day, and I'm just realizing, <laughs> your hair is growing longer. Do you remember this? Your hair is growing longer. I said, oh, you, you, your, your hair's growing longer. Why are you letting your hair grow longer? I think this is exactly what she said. Well, Kyle likes it long. Oh, oh, Kyle likes it long. Who is Kyle? I'm the papa. I'm the daddy. Who's Kyle? Kyle likes it longer. At that moment, I realized everything was changing. And she was still in high school. You see, at that moment, I'm serious. At that moment, I began to realize everything about our relationship with A 
and our role in her life and purpose for her was beginning to change. There was this change of direction. And I think she was 15 or 16 at the time. 17. Everything changed. So this morning I want to talk for a few minutes about the role of grandparenting. Father, thank you so much for this extraordinary gift to the church. And Father, I thank you not because I am the head of the grandparent club. But Father, thank you for your wisdom, for your way in communicating and sustaining the gospel. Father, this morning, would you encourage every grandparent and would you encourage everyone who has a grandparent together working for the glory of your name through the gospel. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> now, hopefully none of your grandparents have ever asked, why am I a grandparent? If any of the grandparents ask it that way, send them to us. We'll explain things. Why are you a grandparent? Why has God called us to be grandparents? You notice how I said it. I didn't say, why did you become a grandparent? Why has God called us to be grandparents? Why has God called you to be a child in the family, a daddy or a mama or a brother or a sister? Why has God called us to be grandparents? I believe there's one central issue here, to pass on the legacy of the gospel to the next generation. Gospel continuity. Grandparenting is not just getting old and dribbly and senile and being goofy about your grandchildren. The essence, I believe, of grandparenting, and for those of us who are grandparents in this room, I believe this is the message that I needed to hear. I should have had this message preach 17, almost 17 years ago when my first granddaughter was born. I should have preached this then because in dealing with these easy issues, I have suddenly realized the Holy Spirit has shown me, you've not done that, you know, fair little. But in spite of all of that, we know that God can take all the failings and the faults and the missteps of our past by his grace and bring about a great work. The years that the locusts have devoured, remember Joel? The, lo the Lord can replenish those years. To pass on the legacy of the gospel. Listen to this from 2 Timothy. Timothy was obviously a young man in the church. And you remember Paul's relationship with Timothy. Timothy was used by the Holy Spirit in such a wonderful way in the ministry. Passing on the legacy of to the next generation. You see, this is how Timothy was prepared for ministry. 2 Timothy 1, 1 through 5. The apostle says, well, I'll start with verse 3. <clears throat> he says, I thank God whom I serve as did my ancestors. You see, ancestors, grandparents, great-grandparents, 
with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day, talking to Timothy, as I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandma, Lois, and then in your mama, Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Gospel continuity. In Timothy's house, started off with grandma. Grandma gets saved, grandma ministers, lives, preaches the gospel to her daughter. Daughter carries it to the son. The grandma obviously is still involved in all of this. Grandparents are God's link between the generations. Listen to this word from Psalm 78, verses 1 through 8. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known, that our fathers have told us. Now, when the Bible uses the word fathers, it not only means your your immediate daddy, but it means your fathers, your grandfathers, your great-grandfathers. The word is a generic word meaning all kinds of generations behind you. Things that we have heard and known that our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children, but tell them to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord, that his might and his wonders that he has done. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers to teach to their children, that the next generation might know them, the children yet unborn, and arise and tell them to their children so that they should set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep his commandments, and that they should not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation whose heart was not steadfast, whose spirit was not faithful to God. What an opportunity! continuity of the gospel linking generations together our highest call now how do we do this now this morning as I'm speaking I'm going to make an assumption here because the ability to pass on the gospel from one generation to another very obviously depends upon one having been saved by the power of the gospel. Because one who is not saved by the power of the gospel cannot, under any circumstance, pass it on. They can talk and do what, but they can't pass it on as a personal thing in their lives. So we're talking about those who are saved. We're talking about saved grandparents, those who are walking with the Lord faithfully, those who know Christ as their personal Savior those who have the hope of heaven living in them. So how do we pass this on? This gospel that has so transformed and changed our life. How do I communicate that? Especially to grandchildren. Well, first, I think we need to know that God has specifically chosen and equipped each one of us to pass on the legacy of the gospel to our family. So don't think of this as a generic kind of a thing. God has specifically chosen you, chosen me. He has specifically equipped me and you. 
He has specifically anointed and gifted each one of us so that we will be able to communicate the work that he's done in our lives in an effective manner so that it will become a reality in the next generations, generations, and generations. We've been equipped. Listen to this word from 2 Peter 1.3. God's divine power has, do you remember in your grammar, have, has, present and what? Has is what? Past tense. This is something that has been accomplished when you were born again. It's not something that might get done or only for a few people who are real special. This is real for every believer. God has, God's divine power, has granted to each one of us, and specifically grandparents this morning, everything necessary that pertains to life and godliness through the life of him who called us by his own glory and excellency. So we have what we need. So as grandparents, don't sit here and say, well, I'm not sure about that. I don't. God has given you everything you need. If you're not sure about it, if you don't understand how it works or whatever, you need to go to God, go to the Word, go to others in the congregation and begin to ask questions, begin to pray, begin to seek. But we have everything we need. How has he done this? How has he granted us? What are, what are some of the ways in which he has given us everything we need? Well, we have what we need through our devotion to his word and to prayer. I mean, where else do we need to go? We have the word of God. We have the full revelation that God wants us to have, the full revelation that we need to have. It's not the fullness of God in here because the fullness of God cannot be contained in a book, but it's everything that I need. I have it in this book. I have it in my ability as a man who has been saved and in whom the Holy Spirit lives. I have in my ability and my privilege, responsibility to go to this God who has saved us, who has made his, himself known through this word, and to sit before him and to speak to him and to listen to him and have a dialogue with God. God is chatty. God knows more words than I do. And that might frighten some of you, but he really does. So the word in prayer. How does God equip us through our years of knowing and experiencing him? Just through the years of knowing and experiencing him. Gene's a little older than I am. Everybody knows that. But I'll be 68 in October. And when you're 68, you're not the oldest thing in the world. But it's a whole lot more experience than the one who's just 12 years old or 25 or 30 or other ages. We've lived some time and we've had experiences. We know stuff. Through our being a consistent and effective witness to our family. Consistent, effective witness to our family. You see, there's just so much to say that you have, I have to battle against thousands of other things to add to this and move along. I think in all of this, what we are called to do in order to pass on the gospel to the generations is to be a living, wise, biblical man and woman. We need to communicate wisely and biblically to our family. 
And in that communication, when I say wisely, I don't mean in a way that they'll be able to do this or that. I'm talking about communicate the wisdom of God that we have experienced and that they need to experience so that when they are with us and we are fellowshipping and relating to one another, they can get a sense not of my wisdom. Peter Davidson doesn't have any wisdom that is anything. But that they may get a sense of the wisdom of God in this man, in this woman, in us as grandparents. You know, let's face it. <clears throat> grandparents have driven down the road of child rearing. We've been down that road, done that, been there, done that. Right? Correct? We've experienced, maybe not all, but I think I've experienced most of the wrong turns and hit most of the potholes. Thank you for amen, amening that, brother. Hmm. Such encouragement. We've driven the dangerous areas. Listen to me, non grandparent people. We have driven down the dangerous areas, and we know the consequences for us and for family. We've been there. We've done that. We've been there. We've done that. I know that often young people don't believe we know anything. We really do know things. We really do. A few things anyway. We've driven the dangerous areas and we know the consequences. You see, I am no longer Ashley's authority. The daddy has authority over the children. Kyle now has that role. There came a time, as I began to explain to you, in Ashley's life, where the authority of the daddy began to be changed, giving way for the authority of another man who would become her husband. This is a transition. It's a bridge. And that it's biblical and it must happen. We've experienced this kind of thing. And it's going to be okay for those of you who have your daughters or sons, you know, engaged and warned. God can be trusted through you, your work, your encouragement, the Bible, the community to make sure that this is going to be okay. You see, now, now Kyle, my son-in-law, has to drive the same roads that Gene and I have driven. And what is my role in your life? Mine, and you're going to be amazed at the way I say this, Mine is to be your GPS. Is that the right thing? Did I say it right? I sometimes use other initials that don't mean the same. <laughs> and I always take a chance in using something and say, oop, that's not what I meant. You see, Kyle is going to drive the very same roads, the same scenery, the same potholes, the same dangerous areas, the same what is our role? What's Gene's role? What's my role? It's to be a GPS. 
I'm not to get in the driver's seat and ask him to move over and start driving. He'd be an an ungodly man if he let me drive his family. But at least I'm supposed to be, and Phil's supposed to be, and each one of us who are grandparents are supposed to be a GPS. You see, now Kyle has the responsibility and the anointing as the leader of his family, the husband, to lead and protect, provide for his family. That's his job. Ours is to look on and watch this, not from a detached position, but from a position of not handling the steering wheel. Now, let's be truthful, grandparents. Seriously, let's be real. How many of us have found that when we watch our children drive this road, we get nervous? How many, come on, how many of you have been nervous about that? Come on. No, it's true. We know where the stuff is. They don't. And our prayer is that, oh, please come talk to us, listen to us. Let's walk together in this. Receive counsel. That's our, prob- uh, that's our purpose. What we're here for. You see, Kyle is going to determine the spiritual direction and the flavor of his family. Kyle does that now. I'm not to do that. That's your job. And quite frankly, I would say this without any equivocation. I think He's done the best job that I've seen of anybody in the church. I really do. I'm serious about that. I really do. I think my daughter has the best man in this church. I seriously do. He's a wonderful man of God, a wonderful man of God. I love the guy. He's my son by covenant. He's the son I never did have. But you see, Gene's role and my role is to provide wise counsel, to speak into their lives carefully and biblically, always remembering to trust and depend upon the leading of the Spirit for us, for them. For us, for them. You see, ours is to be appropriately involved without being inappropriate. Now, isn't that a struggle? Come on, grandparents. Be appropriately involved without being inappropriate. And you know me, I am never inappropriate. (laughs) Secondly, we need to be prepared for many changes. We just need, if you have have children who have just been married or getting married, and they have no children yet, Put on your seatbelt, get ready for the ride of your life. Get ready. You just need to be ready for challenges. You see, I always remember, some of you may remember Herb Wokus. He's now ill, he's in a nursing home, but Herb Wokus, he's probably, what, 85 years old or so. We went to Covenant Group meeting one night, and he says to me, Son, don't you just like when somebody does that sunny thing to you? You know, he says, son, he says, I have been where you are 
but you have never been where I am. Wow, I never thought of that. I mean, I should have. A guy's 20 years older than I am. I should have realized he's been places I haven't been. He's experienced things I haven't experienced. He's in a stage of life that I don't know anything about except from long distance. I have no personal experience of this, James. This is it. I mean, this is huh? You, I have been where you are. You have never been where I am. As grandparents, we have been where you are. You have never been where we are. Is that okay to say that? So here's the challenge for us. The challenge for us is how to effectively communicate what we know without being know-it-alls. And the challenge for the family is how to receive our input, our communication graciously in order to hear the voice of God when applicable. You notice I didn't say that everything the grandma and the grandpa say is applicable from the Holy Spirit. I didn't say that. And I can't judge from moment to moment how much will be, but there will be Holy Spirit application and communication and content to the conversation. And so a man like Kyle has to go before the Lord and he has to pray and discern from God what to do about this communication. And then we, on our part, if he doesn't receive it, has we have to trust God that he is hearing from God and that we may have been either wrong or misled a little bit or some of it was correct, whatever. But we have to both on each side of this walk with each other biblically trusting God, not fighting one another and being upset. Well, he didn't listen to me. There's the third time he didn't listen to me. But it's a battle Because he's married to my daughter, and those are my grandchildren. So they're challenges. You see, there are going to be differences in the way we do things and the way we think they should do things. Can any grandparents say amen? I mean, are you here today? Can you say amen? Are there going to be differences between what they do and what we said or thought they should do? Anybody think that? Yes. You know, grandparents, let the kids know, hey, yeah, it's just not that old bat, it's the rest of us. Yes. You know, some of their views and practices will be different from ours. Huh. We may even have some theological differences. There may be even some theological differences. You see, part of the challenge might be in these kinds of relationships between grandparents and the rest of the family, something of the family history. So you may have experienced conflict with your adult children. They're grandparents in this congregation, and you're sitting here today, and you know who you are, and I know who you are, at least some of you. And you have a background and a history of conflict with your children. That's tough. That's tough. I am just so thankful that we don't have that in my family, but it has to be extremely difficult because, you see, we can't go back and undo the years. We can't undo the hurt 
We can't take those broken hearts and by our own work mend them. But you see, as grandparents, we now have the obligation and the opportunity to create opportunities for reconciliation. Yeah, you can't go back and undo the past, but God can reconcile and restore. And if you have this kind of thing in your family, God can overcome the fault and the failings and the sin of our past. Do you believe that? God can do this. So let's be grandparents who trust God and know that this can be done and let us not fear these things and let us not dwell on the failure, which is so easy to do, but let us rise up and go to God and begin to pound on the gates of heaven that God will use us and restore our family relationships. There's a whole lot of hurting out there. You may be married into the family where there are strange in-laws. <laughs> Ray, don't raise your hand on this because Linda's sitting right there. I know you're going to want to. How many of you have strange in-laws? <laughs> Thank you. Eddie didn't see that, Johnny. But Susie did and you were dead. <laughs> strange in-laws. How are we supposed to get along? I, I have a set of in-laws, Kyle's parents, that Gene and I now have to get along with and relate to us and relate to them. So we have competing grandparents for affection and time. Isn't that fun? <laughs> How we're going to relate to all these strange people. You see, everybody's strange to me except me. I mean, haven't you ever noticed that? How many of you find everybody else strange, but you ain't strange? How are we going to relate to them lovingly and acceptingly? You see, many grandparents and many in this room face the added responsibility of caring for their parents or brother or sister. I mean, Gene and I have a daughter. We have four grandchildren. But we also have the responsibility of caring for Gene's going to be 91-year-old mama. And we have the responsibility of caring for my sister. Some of you met my sister during Katrina, I mean, whatever that hurricane, Georgia, whatever it was, Gustav. And you said, ah, that's your sister. There are additional responsibilities. Life gets a little more difficult and challenging. And let's face it, Gene and I don't have the energy as much as we used to. I can run from here to there, but then I've got to sit down for an hour and a half. <laughs> Keith can't even run from here to there. Man. You see, managing all of this can be a strain. And the way we live with us, it can strain the way we live with one another, and it can be a strain the way we relate to our families. Anybody identify in this? Anybody having? This is straining. It's straining. See, being a grandparent is not easy. It's not easy. But I can tell you this. 
it's the best thing going. It's not easy, but honey child, it's the best thing going. Absolutely. Now, I want to take an opportunity here to let a person who is a lot more wise than I am and from whom you're going to get more content. I'm going to ask my favorite grandma to come up here and share for a moment. Come on up, grandma. My life for sure is blessed. I have held my daughter and I have held her children. Believing grandmothers have awesome blessings and awesome responsibilities. As we grow old, our beauty for sure goes inward, perhaps so that we can pour out of our inner spirit the lessons that the Lord has taught us through the years, considering the good times and the times of trial and difficulty. I think that for grandparents, the Lord provides two additional pieces of equipment for us to wear. A new pair of glasses, 3D glasses, and a specialized hearing aid we must, however, put the glasses on and attach the hearing aid. Our sight, as well as our hindsight, is enhanced with our glasses on. The three Ds, the glasses, are number one, discernment, number two, depth, and number three, dimension. Sharing the things that we see with our grandchildren is a joy and a privilege. Our discernment for life's issues is clearer now. We often see danger more quickly. We see warning signs as well as signs of encouragement. We can share our approval for the achievements of our grandchildren, particularly spiritually, so that they are encouraged to walk in a manner worthy. Sharing with discernment is a gift from the Lord's hand that guides and directs and enhances the proper development of our very heart and soul. So not only is discernment valuable, but number two, depth perception is also valuable. This is a tool that can speak volumes concerning issues of the depth of the heart and the soul. Knowing the depths of destruction that the enemy of our soul attempts to inflict in the lives of our grandchildren, depth perception can help to show them the dangers that lie ahead and to tell them about the mistakes that we have made, hoping that with fervent prayer they will benefit from our errors and avoid the pitfalls that we have encountered. Fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And now number three, dimension. <sighs> the vast dimension of the love of God, 
the vast dimension of the Holy Spirit's power that is available to our grandchildren. We must tell them of the Spirit's work in us and live before them in the dimension of the fullness of the Spirit. Speaking about signs and wonders as a normal expression of a life lived for God's glory should be always on our lips, giving them hope for a future exploring the vast dimensions of a heavenly father who desires to dwell in their hearts in fullness. So with the benefit of the 3D glasses of discernment and depth and dimension, we're available to share what we see with our children and grandchildren, remembering full well that it's only by his grace and glory that we see what we see and can watch them grow with insight and understanding that youth cannot perceive. We have learned so much from our many years of life, particularly through the things that we have suffered and the trials that we have endured. And the hearing aid, our second piece of equipment, talk about great joy. It is great joy to sit with our children and grandchildren and listen to them to just listen without speaking and listen to speak. I love the opportunity to sit with each of my grandchildren and have them talk to me about whatever. I want to hear them. I hang on to every word. These are intimate moments, just like when we sit with our Heavenly Father one-on-one on one and listen to his voice. Our specialized hearing aid also gives us the ability to hear afar off, to hear the sounds of danger, as well as the winds of the move of the Holy Spirit, to hear that still, small voice. I am so thankful for this. I never, ever get tired of listening to them I never get tired of watching them. I imagine that's exactly how the Lord feels about us. Always listening to us, always watching over us. As Psalm 121.4 says, He who protects Israel neither slumbers nor sleeps. If the old will remember and share, and the young will share, and listen to the old, what joy will grow in the hearts and lives of both the young and the old. Becoming a grandparent gives us the opportunity and joy to have our hearts expanded, just like adding additional rooms to a house already bursting at the seams with more love to give and more love to receive. I know that I don't always speak for me, but I speak for all of the believing grandparents here. It is a priceless treasure to be a grandparent. I have been called Nana for 17 years. 17 years of memories that won't fade, hugs and kisses received by the barrels full, lessons shared, and regretfully, opportunities missed. But surely, two of the most satisfying experiences of life are those of being a grandchild 
of being a grandparent and even perhaps a great-grandparent. I told you that would be the better part of the sermon. You know, I'm hopeful that the Lord has encouraged all of us to be ready to be effectively passing on as grandparents the gospel to the next generation. That's, That's what this is about. It's not a lecture of all the details. It's a general presentation concerning the significance of our lives, the role that we have been given by God. And I'm also hopeful that the Lord is encouraging those of you who are not grandparents, the children and the grandchildren, to desire and seek the wisdom that he's given through grandparents. It shouldn't be a one-way street. There should be a two-way avenue where both sides, if you would, are going freely back and forth in the relationship of family. So you see, now that you are on the road of life, look to those who've already driven it. Ask of them. Find out. And in the context, obviously, of trusting and depending upon the Holy Spirit with discernment and wisdom. Because you see, obviously, it is the voice of God's Spirit that is the most critical issue in all of this relationship. Be careful to create an atmosphere for grandparents' input. And grandparents, let us be careful to create an atmosphere that they can receive input. This is something that we all have to work on. Doesn't come naturally. Doesn't come easily often. But it can be done because we have the promise and the power of God's Spirit to do it. You see, the gospel is being passed on from generation to generation by the faithful lives and testimony of grandparents who have been walking in a manner worthy of the gospel. It's being passed on. It's being passed on in our lives. It's being passed on in the way we speak and relate to one another. It's being passed on through the activities of just being around our grandchildren, them watching us, listening to us. We're communicating the gospel. Our families are going to grow in godliness. They will grow in godliness as they benefit from the rich experiences of their grandparents, the experiences of their faith, rich experiences of faith, the experiences of their difficulties. What happened? Why? What did you do? What did God do? The experiences of their trials and sufferings. So that they will know that these are not unusual, nor are they unique, but they are common and actually God's giftings to us in his work of sanctification 
So we're training them to not repudiate the work of God, but to understand, trust, and embrace the work of God. That's our role. So that they will experience our victories and even some defeats and the years of faithfulness to Christ in our lives. What does God want to do? God desires to create multi-generational faithfulness to his gospel. That's God's purpose. Multi-generational faithfulness to his gospel as he uses grandparents as one of his primary means. I want you to turn for a moment to Matthew chapter 1. I'm not going to read this. And I want you to notice something which is common to the New Testament and common to the Bible. This is common. Remember, Matthew begins this way. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Matthew is beginning to share the gospel. And how does he begin? With a list of all these old people whose names are strange anyway. Why? What? What is this? The genealogies. When you read the Old Testament, the Old Testament is filled with them. What is God saying? I am faithful to all my promises from generation to generation as I use the faithfulness of my people to communicate the gospel from one generation to the other. I am faithful. Don't see these as you just skip over this. Hundreds of years and thousands of years and millions of people, God is trucking down history through the testimony of his people. Generation after generation. Why does Matthew begin this gospel this way? With the genealogy, and you remember Luke puts it in chapter 3. Why do these men do this? To show that Jesus did not just appear. But he appeared within a context. He appeared through means. That he was the product of multi-generational faithfulness to the purposes of God. Even the birth of the Son of God depended upon multi-generational faithfulness. Because that's how God works. The continuity of the gospel. This, I believe, is what the Holy Spirit wants us to know as the essence of grandparenting and as the essence of the role of grandparents and the essence of the role of those who will be one day grandparents, but today are the ones who are the recipients 
of the richness of what God has done and is still doing through grandparents. Thank you, Papa and Nana. Thank you guys for helping us to see something that's very important. For some time now, I've had a, a sense of burden for us to give better care and better attention in this category. And maybe some of you guys have been in the church for a long time. If I were to say, hey, when's the last time you remembered a message on grandparenting? And I've been in this church a long time. I would say, you've never remembered a message on grandparenting. Right? And even in the last 14 years where I've had primary responsibility for what comes into the pulpit, I don't believe there's been a message on grandparenting. Do you want me to tell the people how difficult of a time I had getting you to do this message? <laughs> um, here's the reality, and because I want us to pray for grandparents here today. I, I think for whatever means, maybe it's the, the way in which we live life, where the focal points are, you know, we, we, do, we do marriage counseling, do a lot of marriage counseling here. We do a lot of marriage counseling before you get married. If one of us is marrying you, you're going to meet six, seven, eight times with us before you get married. We do youth ministry. We do pivot ministry. We do, we do a bunch of things, you know, typical as a church. But here's the reality. Most of us in this room are going to spend a third of our life, almost a third of our life, in the realm of what Peter just discussed, of being grandparents, and all the preparation that went into marriage and you were just marrying one person, man, when you become a grandparent, you inherit a herd, right? You got your son-in-law or daughter-in-law. They're married to an, into another family. You got that whole family you got to manage. And you got children coming along that are their children. It's, it's a little complicated. So here, here's what I'd like to suggest. How many of you guys would be open to this? Because as we watch the grandparenting event take place. How many of you guys would be open for a school of the word class on being an in-law, being a grandparent? How many of you guys would be open to a class like that? I, I think it's very, very important because there is, there's a ministry that's part of your life at this point. And I know it feels like, boy, the ministry emphasis is on the parents and the ministry emphasis on the couples and on the marrieds. And, and it's almost as though you kind of move into that grandparent range and, and like there's, there's not a lot for you to do, sort of. Oh, how untrue. It's a very, very important ministry, especially for what was shared today. There is a perspective that you can't get without having lived elements of life. And grandparents bring us the unique blessing of having lived those years. So I'd like to do this. Can I, can I get all the grandparents 
If you guys would stand, I'm not quite sure how I'm going to organize this time of praying for you. Stand, go ahead and stand up, grandparents. I would... Too many of y'all are related. This is the problem here. Because <laughs> I'd love for kids and grandkids who are in here to be able to gather around you and pray with you. But that's going to pull some of y'all in different directions. So if you're, a, if you're a grandparent connected to another set of grandparents, can y'all find each other real quickly? And if you're children who are attached to and grandchildren here, can you find your grandparents here and get around them? So go ahead and get up. Let's have some movement right now. Let's have children and grandchildren go find their grandparents. If your in-laws are in the room here, can you go find them so your children and grandchildren can find you together in one location, one address? All right, since we're, since we're family here, if, if you're seeing some grandparents that are standing here and your grandparents are not here or your parents are not here, can you, can you go make your way to them to go pray for them? Just go look around. Just see some folks right now that, are, that don't have family here with them this morning. Let's go get some folks around them. You don't even need to know them. Just look and see who's standing that needs somebody to come stand with them. The great thing is whether you know what they're going through or not, you got parents and you probably have grandparents that you're still relating to. You know how to pray for these folks because you know what your experience has been with your own. How about get all the grandparents' attention for a moment here? Peter opened the message with recognizing that God has called you. God has called you to something. He's called you to a ministry. Into your children, your grandchildren, your in-laws. God's called you to this. Now here's the great news about anything God calls us to. is God equips us and God empowers us when he calls us to something, right? So... You ever thought about this verse? How many grandparents have ever thought that Acts chapter 1 verse 8 had something to do with your role as a grandparent? You know what that passage says? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses. You know, that wasn't just about abstract locations of Jerusalem and Samaria. It, it included living rooms and being in the car and family gatherings. What a great ministry you have in lives, but you need the power of the Holy Spirit. So can we pray for you? Here's what we want to pray. We want to pray for you to receive the anointing of God's power in your life. Not that you'll just inherit doing this ministry the way you saw somebody else doing it, but how about the power of God to make you effective in what God's called you to be in people's lives, in your children and your grandchildren. All right, I got a couple of folks here who need people standing with them. So if you don't have somebody praying with you, stick your hand up real fast so they don't think you're just up here in the front. Can I get some guys who are not connected with somebody to pray for them? Come right up here in the front. Pray. Anybody else? I want people praying with you. All right, can we just leave a little room for the Holy Spirit here? Let's just bow our heads and let the Holy Spirit lead us for a moment. 
Lord, lead us. We're going to pray for these folks. Spirit of God, you know what's needed in these lives. Lord, you know the places where these lives have been living. You know the experiences of grandparents in this room. Father, I first want to pray for the grandparents that we have here in our midst. At this season for them, has been a difficult, even a bitter season, Lord. For I know that there are some grandparents here this morning, Lord, who have, have lost grandchildren. Lord, their, their grandchildren have gone on before them, preceded them in death. And Lord, what a difficult experience that has been for some. Lord, there are some grandparents here in our midst who, whose family history has involved estrangement. And, Lord, they have grandchildren, but they're not able to be involved with their grandchildren. Lord, this is, this is a difficult day for those guys here. Lord, there are grandparents here in our midst who this season is a sense of deep regret, issues in the past that have caused this not to be a time of rejoicing, but a time of sadness. Lord, we're laying our hands on these guys and we're standing before your throne of grace because we believe something great about you for these folks. For those that are hurting here, Lord, we believe in a God who heals, a God who redeems, a God who overcomes, a God who comes into our fallen world and touches us and brings hope and restoration. Lord, you're still that God. God, I pray in amazing ways, in miraculous ways, there would be grace for healing right now in this room. Lord, that you would draw grandparents out of a place in this season where this has been painful and disappointing. Lord, draw them near to yourself. Lord, be to them what their families have not allowed for them to experience. God, surround them with your affection and with your love and with your healing and with your joy. Lord, you call us to places that are difficult sometimes, but you also give us a peace that passes understanding, joy unspeakable and full of glory. Oh, Spirit of God, minister to grandparents here who... This has been hard for them. God, release them into a future with wisdom and with fresh faith, Lord, to embrace the season, embrace the difficulty. And we pray this morning for grandparents but who perhaps this morning are having a sense of awakening that you have a purpose for these years for them to get a hold of, for them to be intentional about, for them to have a vision for. Lord, their life is more than, than just whether or not they're going to be invited over for a meal. Lord, their life is more than just when there's a unique need or a family gathering for a holiday that they're, they're a part of that. Now, Lord, in your purpose, they're a much bigger part of their children and their grandchildren's lives. 
Oh, God, awaken your divine strategy for who they're to be in their children's lives in this season. Lord, give them wisdom. And, Lord, I pray for steering and help in days ahead. Lord, as they would seek to answer the call, Lord, to be who you've called them to be, to be, as as Peter said, to be sharing what's appropriate and not being inappropriate in it. Lord, that just takes wisdom, takes something from you. But, God, you're the God of wisdom. Spirit of God, you give words of wisdom and words of knowledge. God, we pray for that for these grandparents. God, let this generation who is going before us be equipped by the Spirit to bring to the the younger generations the deep workings of God, the faithfulness of God, the commending of the living word and gospel that is being seen in their lives and lived for years and years. God, anoint them. Lord, we pray for a Spirit-given anointing this morning. God, for all that are standing here, God, we pray for richness in their days ahead, Lord, of ministry that is effective and powerful. God, we pray that as they relate to their children, God, they would send something by your Spirit to impart. God, as they reach into their grandchildren's lives, as they listen, as Gene said, Lord, give them an anointing to listen to their grandchildren and to be able to share from their own lives at appropriate moments in encouraging ways. Lord, you said we would receive power when your Spirit comes upon us, a power for ministry. This morning, Lord, we pray for that power. God, we pray for grandparent power in this place. God, we pray that in days ahead, Lord, you would mightily, mightily raise up a testimony of a bunch of grandparents in this church who have a fresh vision in their hearts. God, give them urgency, Lord. Anoint them with a task that's meaningful. God, you've called them to something. Let their hearts abound. Awaken them in prayer. Give them unusual faith. Lord, give them a vision. Lord, give them that ability to to see the vastness of God. And Lord, let them believe big when they pray for their children and their grandchildren, Lord. God, what a great advantage they have. As we as children and grandchildren here stare at what looks like mountains and they're able to see that as foothills because they've lived long enough to see the greatness of God. Lord, fill them with an ability to pray for their children and for their grandchildren. Lord, thank you for the work that you have done here this morning. Lord, thank you that you want to continue that work and you want to deepen that work. God, we pray that you would break out amongst our grandparents in a mighty way. Lord, let there be a revival amongst our grandparents to where they are effective and powerful ministers of the gospel to the next generation. We need them, Lord. Anoint them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Happy Grandparents Day, you guys. Have a great day.